Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith, and I'm here to bring you the preview show ahead of Bayern Munich's big match against Borussia Mönchengladbach in the Bundesliga. Bayern Munich is looking to keep pace with league leader Bayer Leverkusen, while Gladbach is looking to do what it always seems to do against Bayern Munich, play the role of the bogey team and take a point or two away from Bayern Munich. We'll see what happens with that. Gladbach has historically, at least in recent years, been a lot of trouble for Bayern Munich, and they will absolutely be looking to create some trouble for Bayern this weekend at the Allianz Arena. Like we always do for the preview show, we'll be taking a look at where each team is in the table. Bayern Munich sitting in second place, just two points behind Bayer Leverkusen, so they are within striking distance. Should Leverkusen stumble this weekend, Bayern Munich could be in a position to get up to that top spot, but we'll see what happens with that. Through 19 match days, Bayern Munich has 15 wins, two draws, two losses. That's good for 47 points. As I said, two points behind Bayer Leverkusen. Bayern has 56 goals for 30, uh, I'm sorry, 18 against. That's good for a goal differential of 38. Over the course of Bayern Munich's last five matches, they have four wins and one draw, uh, I'm sorry, one loss in the league. Last week was a 3-2 win over FC Augsburg. As for Borussia Mönchengladbach, this is where it gets interesting because they've had a very middling to poor season, I would say. Uh, through 19 match days, they have only five wins, six draws, and eight losses. That's good for 21 points, which actually puts them within striking distance of, I guess, a top eight position. Not that that would help them with European play, but it at least would make things a little bit more respectable. Uh, they have 35 goals for 38 against. That's a goal differential of negative three. Over the course of Borussia Mönchengladbach's last five matches in the league, they have one win, two draws, and two losses. Last week, of course, they helped Bayern out with a nil-nil draw with Bayer Leverkusen. So will Gladbach take it and then give it away for Bayern Munich this weekend? We will see because it, it is one of those things with Borussia Mönchengladbach. They just seem to have a spell over Bayern Munich at least once every season where they inexplicably frustrate the Bavarians into a unexpected loss, so to speak. So uh, Gladbach... Is he, it's tough to, to gauge them, right? Because they're a team with some talent. They absolutely have some players that you would recognize. They have players that have Im made big impacts in the Bundesliga. But this is not one of the stronger sides for Gladbach that we've seen in recent years. Uh, they still do have some of the stalwarts from years past. Nico Elvaldi, uh, Luca Nets. Joe Scally, the American, of course, uh, you, you could look at Manu Kone, who it's funny that the luster off of his star that is that is kind of went down. He was a, a very big player on the transfer market at this point last year. But at 22, uh, he's taken a dip in his game a little bit, so has not been as good. Christoph Kramer, who currently has a back injury, is another player you would recognize. Florian Neuhaus, a very interesting week for him. He has not been one of Borussia Mönchengladbach's favored players this season, to say the least. He does have 16 appearances in the league, but uh, Gerardo Seon has not really found a, a home for Neuhaus. And there was a lot of speculation that Neuhaus was going to look 
to leave maybe even this month during the transfer window. But the most recent reports indicate that things have been worked out. Neuhaus sees a pathway forward with Gladbach and will be staying there. The Neuhaus situation always interests me because just a couple of years back, he was a player being linked to Bayern Munich and Liverpool and Manchester United, among many other clubs. This was a, a kid who absolutely had put together a string of great performances, done well in the league, and attracted a lot of attention. But now he's 26. A couple of years back, he had that ACL injury, and he's working to get back into that form that he had before the injury. And it's unfortunate because it does look like, you know, he's not quite the same player, but he's not bad either. This is just an interesting Gladback side that, quite frankly, while they have talent, just hasn't performed all that well. So I, I'm very interested to see if Neuhaus gets his number called this weekend. I'd like to see what he could do against Bayern Munich. Uh, Julian Weigel is a uh, another name you'd recognize. Uh, Weigel is the former Borussia Dortmund player who has had a bit of a career odyssey uh, known for his play as a six. He's, I don't want to say diminutive in stature because he's just slight, honestly. He doesn't weigh that much. So he's not the normal kind of destroyer you would expect to see for someone who's most well-regarded as a six. He's more of that ball distributor. And while he, you know, actually is not a bad defender at all, <clears throat> he's physically, I mean, he played center back at times for Borussia Dortmund. He, he is a, a guy who I think, I don't know if it was too much too soon for him, but it was almost as if had he taken a slower pathway with his career, he might have been better off. I think he tried to force the issue, and now at 28, he seems to finally have been settling into a role with Gladback to where he's comfortable and I think started to realize who he is as a player, what his best capabilities are, and I think he's starting to play to those, which is nice to see. Uh, Gladbach's attack has a, a lot of names you would recognize, of course. Uh, one of them being Grant Leon Ranos, who was a Bayern Munich prospect, I guess at this point last season. Alisson Playa, who is currently banged up with a foot injury. Patrick Hermann, who is out with a knee injury. Uh, this is where Gladbach is struggling. They just don't have the attacking players necessary at this point to really be able to mount much of a threat against even Bundesliga competition these days. So Gladbach, not bad in the defensive end, not bad in the midfield, but uh, and that's all relatively speaking, of course. But in the attack is where they're really struggling right now. And they just they just don't have a lot that's really going to to threaten the Bavarians this weekend. Bayern Munich, though, they have their own set of problems that mostly has to do with player availability. In Wednesday's training, Manuel Neuer was not there, but that was strictly due to rest, per reports from the club. Thomas Tuchel also was not there as he fell ill, so be interesting to see if he is uh, in good health and will be able to coach this weekend. I I already know what some of you are thinking, so so we'll just we're not going to comment on that any anymore. I know some of you were hoping he's probably sick and won't be there, but I would guess that he'll be back in the coaching box this weekend. Daniel Perrette's still nursing an injury. He'll be out, and he he wouldn't be a factor anyway with Neuer and Sven Ulrich both ahead of him. Tom Ritzy-Holtzman is back at training. Uh, he's had an, a hamstring injury, and, and Holtzman is one of those players who, uh, you know, obviously you're not going to see a lot of him this year, but he's a goalkeeping prospect. He's a towering prospect, and at 19, might be something to look at for the future, but does practice with the first team, but uh, is is working his way back. Dio Upamakano, 
Osborne muscle fiber expected back in February. So we'll see what happens with him. Kim Min Jay still on international duty. Tarek Buckman still has a torn muscle bundle and is expected to be fully back in April, which is crazy because I feel like his comeback keeps getting pushed back. He was doing some individual work. I don't know if there was a setback with that or if he's continuing. We just haven't seen a lot of news on that of late. But Buckman is one of those players. Again, this was supposed to be a season where he was really going to get his feet wet with some sub appearances for Bayern Munich. Just hasn't worked out that way. Would not shock me if he leaves Bayern Munich on loan next season. Nusar Mizrahi, who played for Morocco this week, is still on international duty. I'm not sure what his status will be when he comes back. It's unclear whether or not Bayern Munich will seek to rest him a little bit more, maybe get him fully back to health. You have to think he probably pushed it a little bit to return from Morocco. Uh, but Nusar Mizrahi is expected back to Bayern soon enough. So we'll see how they handle him upon his return. Bunasar, as you know, torn ACL. He's out. Uh, Yashua Kimmich has been nursing this shoulder injury. We saw him in a sling. Now, this is very interesting because we haven't seen really much talk about a timetable for his return. Transfer marked, however, has uh, an expected return at February 29th. Now, I think that's a projected estimate, and I don't think that's anything official, but it's very interesting that they have it there. And uh, I'll be certainly checking in to see what the status is on that and then also looking to see what the club says about it. I think it it's a much more serious injury than a lot of people thought. The good part is we do know that Kimmich is working out individually, at least riding the bike during training sessions. So he's inside doing anything I'm sure he can do in the weight room and physio area, but he will not be practicing, I guess, for the foreseeable future. Conrad Limer also still out. This is, <laughs> I mean, who isn't hurt? It seems like these days, we don't know when he's coming back. Seems like with this calf injury, he could be out until March. That's a long time. I mean, we're talking maybe six weeks from now, uh, looking like March 20th is the expected return date. We'll see if that stays true. Kingsley Coman with the torn MCL, not expected back until late April at the earliest. So another situation where Byron is having to do some scrambling. Serge Gnabry, we've seen his return date all over the place. Some publications have said six weeks. Some have said two to three. Transfer marked has him down at February 20th as the expected return date. Who knows? We, we have no idea what's going on with him. So needless to say, this is a banged up Bayern Munich team. The roster is thinner than usual. At the time of this recording, Bayern Munich is still working on bringing in Brian Zaragoza during this transfer window to help fill out the roster at the wing position. We'll see if that goes through. Granada was looking for an extra $6 million on top of what Bayern Munich has already paid them to make the deal happen now. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, if you think you need them, it's not that much. It's $6 million, right? Like, unfortunately, it's the, the state of things as they are. Granada holds all of the cards. Either way, they're losing Zaragoza at the end of the season, so... If they think it's worth it, six million for him to to be let go now, then that's that's the price. So we'll see if the two sides get together. Or that's what they decide on, or if Byron can find a way to get that number down, or if Zaragoza just stays put. I I don't personally see the panic in needing to go get him. I understand from a squad planning standpoint, 
there's a lot of advantages to getting him and bring him in now. So, so I understand it. I'm just not feeling so down about the wing position and, and I'll tell you why in a little bit. Uh, but we have that. And we also have the arrival of Sasha Bowie, who came in from Galatasaray and Bowie is one of those players at right back who will seemingly create competition there, mostly with Nusar Mizrawi. I don't know how Mizrawi is going to take that acquisition with Bowie, who is uh, a player, a young player, dynamic player, very much in the same mold as Mizrawi. I don't get the impression that that's going to go over well. I'll just say that. So uh, I do expect that we will see Bowie in action this weekend, though. So let's take a look at how Bayern Munich might line up. Thomas Tuchel, certainly, if he's well enough to make this lineup, is going to have some options because, quite frankly, he's got some unsettled positions at this point. One place where things are certain is in goalkeeper, where Manuel Neuer will be in between the sticks. At center back, given who's available and who's still not, uh, Matthijs De Ligt and Eric Dyer look like the duo of choice. De Ligt, again, needs to have good games to prove himself to Tuchel. It sounds silly to say. De Ligt has been decent in his appearances so far in the second half of the season. I think he's got a lot of improvement that he could show, but... I'm trying to temper any type of disappointment I have with his performances because he really didn't play that much in the hin Ronda. So I think the more he's out there and the better feel he gets, the better he'll be. But it also is kind of tough at times to play for a guy you know might not necessarily value you, might not even want you there. So there's a lot going on with the Licht. Be eager to see how he plays this weekend against Gladbach. Dyer, you know, He's it. He's the guy. This is why you got him. If you fell into this this situation where you had players not available, you wanted a dependable veteran. So here you go. Uh, at the outside back positions at right back, I expect to see Sasha Bowie there because I believe they got him this week for a reason. They don't really have options to use it right back at this point. So you kind of have to ride him. It's baptism by fire. If there's any one spot on the field, I think that you can make that seamless transition. It's probably the outside back spot. So we'll see how Bowie does there and how Tuchel uses him. I'd expect to see a very similar style of play to what Mizrawi does when he plays for Tuchel. So we'll see how that pans out. At left back, you could consider two options here. Alfonso Davies, who did score last week, and Rafael Guerrero. Davies has not been great this season. Guerrero, in my mind, hasn't been great either, but Tuchel does seem to favor Guerrero. All that said, I'm not sure this is the spot where he's going to put Davies back on the bench, especially after scoring. So I think we'll see Davies out there at left back. In the central midfield, though, this is where you could see Tuchel's, I don't want to say favoritism, but preference for certain players start to come into play. Uh, I think we will see Guerrero in the central midfield, and I think we'll see him with Alexander Pavlovich again. Pavlo Pavlovich had a goal last week and another solid performance of Pavlovich. And I, I, I've been doing the Pavlovich, Pavlovich, because I know somebody with the last name Pavlovich. So I, I'm trying to scrap the people I know in favor of this kid to be able to get the pronunciation down consistently. But Pavlovich has been in my mind, really, really good. A surprise player for Bayern. I think he's going to get the nod again, which if Tuchel goes with Guerrero and Pavlovich, 
then I think we are going to see Leon Goretzka on the bench, which is mind blowing to me because I think Goretzka has been good all season. And uh, listen, I know people don't like hearing that, but he has been uh, so very odd. And, you know, at this point, there's certain players. I don't think that they can win. Goretzka is one of them. At least they can't win in the eyes of Tuchel anyway. The attack. <laughs> all right. So this is where it gets really complex. And there's a lot of subplots going on. There's Tuchel's preferences. There's a lot that could happen. Let's let's get out of the way what will happen here. And that's Harry Kane starting at striker. We know that that's going to happen. The Roy Sané is going to be playing one of the wing positions. Now, for the next two spots, we know that one of them will be Jamal Musiala. In my mind, he should be playing wing because... It's actually what he does best, and it's where he's most impactful and what is best for the team. But whether it's Tuchel or whether it's Musiala refusing to play the position, I don't know. I would love to know why what seems so obvious to so many people is a move that Tuchel is refusing to make. Is it because he just thinks Musiala is head and shoulders above everyone else at the team's 10? Does he think that Musiala is not a good wing? Or is there something else going on that Musiala is making it clear that he's the number 10 and that's where he's going to play? I, I don't know. I have my own theories about it. I've said them for weeks. I think there's a lot going on with Musiala. I think the kid and his representation know that they hold the cards and a lot of things. I think that they know they can get what they want out of Bayern Munich because, quite frankly, Bayern is scared to death to lose him. Whether that's now or whether it's in two or three years, it doesn't matter. They want to do everything to keep this kid happy. Quite frankly, his play this season hasn't, and over the course of the second half of last season, it hasn't really warranted that type of treatment, but he's going to get it anyway if 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 that's the case. So we know that it's Kane, we know it's Sané, we know it's Musial probably playing at the 10. Where does Tuchel go from here? Does he call on Thomas Muller to play wing again, which... Muller did successfully. I, I still say the best attacking quartet is Kane, Sané, Muller, and Musiala. Will we see Muller? Probably not. We have seen rumors that Matisse Tell could get the call and could get an extensive look at wing. Now, here's what strikes me as odd about that. I like Tell as a wing. I think wing is going to be his position moving forward, or at least his best position moving forward. The most recent reports we've seen is that Tuchel doesn't view Tell as a wing, that he sees him more as a striker, and that other reports indicate that Tell's considered to be the next generation option behind Harry Kane to fill the role of striker for Bayern Munich. So then why are you so eager to play Tell at wing this week when you absolutely need a win and you need somebody who you believe is a good wing? Why would Tell be your choice if you don't think that? It's just bizarre. I don't understand it. The other option that you have on the roster, I mean, there are several other players that could fill the role. You have Kratzig, you have Davies, you even have Guerrero. Any of them could play wing if you needed them to. But the one that will probably get considerations, Eric Maxim Chupomoting, who again, I don't understand what he would bring to the wing position. I'm not down on Chupo. I think he's a good backup striker. But Tuchel has this, in my mind, enhanced view of what Chupo is and what he can do and the impact he can make. And it wouldn't shock me if we saw Chupo rolled out at wing, or even if we saw Chupo playing the 10 and forcing Musiala out the wing, because it's too cool. You just can't predict what he's going to do. 
So I, I don't know. I'm going to go with Matisse Tell getting the call because I'm going to put trust in those reports. I think it's a mistake. I think it's contradictory to some of the things that we've seen. I am a little concerned with using Tell for a couple of reasons. I like, like I said, I believe he eventually could be a great wing, and I think it's a great spot for him. I do believe putting pressure on him right now as a young player to step into this spot is unnecessary. I think he settled in nicely to a super sub role during this season. I know he's got a high ceiling. I know there's a lot that he can do, but he seems most impactful in the matches where he can come in as a sub right now. And maybe that's where he's more comfortable. So if that's the case, that's how I want him used. And if you're not happy with Muller's performance or Chupo's performance, after 60 minutes, you have a good, impactful option off the bench. The whole situation here with Coman going down, Gnabry being out, it reeks of needing to use Thomas Muller. And again, I have to like preface everything I say because I'm not in the Muller mafia. I'm just looking at this objectively and saying, what's the best 11 you can put out to win this week? And I, I, for the life of me, can't understand how we're looking at this team. We're looking at the performances over the course of this season. And you're not pointing to Mueller to come in and fill a role in, in one way or another this weekend against Gladbach. Now you're in a spot as a team where you're within striking distance now of Leverkusen, where that if you just keep pace with them and then you can beat them, then you take over first place, right? Like it can happen. It totally can happen. So why would you not put your best foot forward? And in my mind, and, and this is like one of the biggest debates and topics that we have at the site with Tuchel is I just don't believe that he plays what is best for the team in terms of his lineups. I think he goes with preference players. He likes more players. He likes better. And I think that honestly, that's how he makes some of his decisions. So I'm very interested and intrigued to see how this starting 11 plays out. I'm going to touch more on this Tuchel topic in the weekend warm-up podcast that'll drop on Thursday of this week prior to the game. So hopefully you get a chance to check that out. I will be diving deeper into a lot of these issues with Bayern Munich, but uh, that's the 11 that I see. I think he's going to go with Tell. So Nora in goal, Matthijs De Ligt and Dyer at center back, Alfonso Davies and Sasha Bowie at the outside back positions, Rafael Guerrero and Alexander Pavlovich in the central midfield. The attack will be Harry Kane, Leroy Sané, Jamal Musiala, and Matisse Tell. As for a final score, going to go with Bayern Munich in this one, 3-1. I know you all love my 3-1 predictions, but that's what I feel about this when I think that Gladbach is probably going to take a conservative approach in this one. They're probably going to make it difficult for Bayern Munich to get on the scoreboard, but I do believe that this is a game where Byron's going to break through. I feel like Kane is due for a brace in this match, so we'll see if he can get to that. But to get that brace, he's going to have to be fed the ball, and that has not always been a consistent theme for the Bayern Munich offense this season. So 3-1 victory for Bayern Munich. We'll see if that rings true. I uh, would love to hear what you think about this match. So drop some comments uh, in the post for this podcast. You can also drop them on Spotify or on social media. Well, that'll about wrap it up for this preview show. Like I said, stay tuned for a weekend warm-up podcast dropping on Thursday where you'll get a lot more of my thoughts on what is going on with all of these situations 
pertaining to Bayern Munich. You can always get me at the Barrel Blog on Twitter. You can get the site at Bavarian FB Works. You get our tweet, Meister Tom Adams at Tommy Adams seventy one. You can get I Need No Name at BFWIN, and then you can get Siler at CYL3R. Get all of our great podcasters and writers at BavarianFootballWorks.com, where we will have all of our game coverage. And, of course, we'll be wrapping up this transfer window as all the craziness has started to shake out. So stay with us at BFW. We've got everything you need regarding Bayern Munich and the German national team. Have a couple of beers on me. Enjoy the match this weekend, and we will see you next time.